0: Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. I have been a neurosurgeon for more than 30 years now. And since I was in a medical school, and as time go by in developing my practice, I come up with philosophy that I use in my life as a doctor. You know, everybody has philosophy in life. Philosophy of being in a family as a husband, philosophy of being a wife. For medical practice, I have some philosophy that I use to today. And I will continue to use. Number one, the philosophy in my heart is that I will treat my patients like my own family. Every decision I make, I will make such as, just like I treat my own brother, my own kids, or my uncle and auntie, or my mom and my dad. So that is my philosophy. Money is not dictating me. Income is not my main idea. My main idea is to do the best for my patients, that they will do well and have a good outcome. The second philosophy I have as a medical doctor is that I need to have a good bedside manner, a care, a love. This is not a business. This is a care to provide the best outcome for my patients. The third philosophy is I will not treat x-ray, but I treat the patient. Sometime today, young doctor, just put the x-ray up, look at the x-ray and treat the x-ray, but never talk to the patient. Maybe give time to the patient five minutes and try to treat what they see in the x-ray. No, we don't treat the x-ray, we treat the patient. In order to do that, I need to get good history, physical examination, gather all information, So that I can make the right choice for my patient. What kind of surgery that I can plan the right way to do the surgery. Number four, my philosophy is this. That good information, good decision, good outcome. Bad information, bad decision, bad outcome. So you understand what I'm talking about. That's why many surgeries have bad outcome. Because bad information. Number five, I need to depend on the Holy Spirit when I look at the films, when I talk to the patient, and when I perform the operation every single second. I listen to the Holy Spirit. Another one that I use, I will do the best job on the table while I cut on patient. And if it's not done in the best way, excellent way, I will never quit until I finish what I need to do in a detailed fashion. And then I will have a good outcome. Those philosophies I talk about dictate how I am as a doctor, as a neurosurgeon. In the same way, I I share all these things. In the same way, our Christian or spiritual philosophy dictate what kind of Christians we are. If we have wrong philosophy, we will not be a good Christian or we will be a weak Christian. But if we have the biblical philosophy, we will keep progressing, developing, and growing in the Lord. The five mandates that I share, I have shared some, but I will continue to share. I share two already. Should be our spiritual or Christian walk philosophy. If you have this philosophy, this philosophy will dictate how you live and how you walk each day as a believer. I have philosophy as how I work as a doctor. As a believer, we should have philosophy, how should I walk with God? And I mentioned about two things in the past few Sundays. Number one, God wants us to love the church, build the church, and joy the church. And when I say joy the church, a few days ago when I was driving the car, Suddenly, the Holy Spirit spoke to me while I was driving back from Evergreen Hospital to home. He said, I love my church so much. That is where my people will be taken care of, will be taught, trained, protected, learn how to serve, develop spiritual quality. Therefore, in my eyes, this is God really spoke to me in the car. In my eyes, the church is so important because otherwise, if, the people will don't, don't go to church, Christians don't go to church, there will be babies, they will never grow, They will never be trained, there will be weak Christians. I want all of my people to be in my church. I saw in the church Facebook that Pastor Tyson put our teaching about five mandates of the end-time church in English and Thai into our Facebook and somebody wrote on that Facebook to criticize me. How about doing good to people? Why do you talk about church? They totally misunderstand me. Because in order to build a church, we need to do good to people. We need to reach out to the lost. We need to help the poor so that they will be saved, so that they will come to know Jesus. And after that, they can join the church. To build a church means to reach out to the lost and love them, do good to them, and after they get saved, don't stop there to get saved, but bring them into the house of God. That is the first mandate that God spoke to me while I was drunk in the Holy Spirit. The second mandate I shared a few Sundays ago is that he wants his people to live a holy life. In the end time like this, we have so much pressure, so much temptation from the system of the world. If you watch TV program, Wow so many corrupted things in the TV, in the uh, medias. Our young people are bombarded by the media in the phone, the Facebook and all this stuff. A lot of bad things happen. If we don't determine to live a holy life, we're going to be pulled into the system of the world and do corrupted things and evil things just like the people in the world. Therefore, The second philosophy or mandate for you is that I make a decision. I'm going to live a holy life. I will watch my attitude, my motive, my action, my words every day in the fear of the Lord that I will not sin against God. I will not do anything wrong in the eyes of God. Remember this? People may not see you behind the scene in your own bedroom or in your office, what you watch on the computer. But somebody is seeing. You can hide from people. You can lie to people. But behind the scene, God is seeing you, what you are doing. He knows everything about how you spend your money, how you talk behind the scene. In front of the church, you may look religious and speak religious language. But in the car, you curse, you say wrong words and complain. God knows everything. When we say we are holy, we are holy before the eyes of God, not just before the eyes of men. We need to live a holy life, be faithful and loyal and, and really righteous in every area of our life, including finances as well and relationship. So I'm not going to go into detail today, but we know from the scripture, actually, the characteristic of God, holiness is mentioned more than the word love. He is holy holy holy, holy. And he said, be holy because I am holy. And that's why our church welcome the file of God. We welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit. His name is Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God, who is holy, come and touch our life, we'll become more holy. Amen? And I got the testimony from people all over the world that joined our ministry, that after they got touched by the Holy Spirit, their life was totally changed and turned around by the power of the Holy Spirit. They stopped sinning. They stopped cheating. They stopped having problems in their family because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, I would like to mention about the third mandate that should be a part of our philosophy as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, the Bible says, Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. The third mandate is that we must become spiritually mature. We need to grow up spiritually. We should not be baby forever. We should eventually walk the same way Jesus walked. As we call ourselves the follower of Jesus, we should walk like him. Jesus, the son of God, came into the world and he was called the son of man. He was called the son of man for two reasons. Number one, because when Adam and Eve lost the blessing in the Garden of Eden, the first man lost the blessing because of disobedience and rebellion. God tried to save man back to the Garden of Eden and bring back the blessing Again, we call today the blessing of Abraham. Therefore, Jesus came as the son of man. He is the last Adam who never sinned, and he brought back the blessing of God, or the blessing in the Garden of Eden back to humanity. That's why we call him the son of man. He represents God as the son of God, and he represents man as the son of man. Even though he was God 100%, but at the same time, he was a man 100%. He has stomach like you and me. He has brain like you and me, ear. He gets hungry. He needs to sleep. He can get stirred in his emotion like you and me. So he represents humanity on earth toward God. That's why when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus because he is our advocate between man and the Father. As a man, as the son of man, he was so perfect. He was the best model that we should follow. Our goal as a believer should become like him. When I was trained to be a neurosurgeon, I looked up at many, many great neurosurgeons around me. And I said, I want to be a great neurosurgeon like you. I want to operate like you, so good. The hand moves so well good decision-making. The same way, we should look up to Jesus and say, I want to become more like you. I want to grow up. The Bible compares our spiritual walk like a family. When you get married, your wife gets pregnant, and then your wife delivers a baby. That baby is so immature, still cries, still doesn't know much, doesn't know anything. But you raise that baby up little by little to become a toddler and to crawl and to start to learn to walk. And then that baby goes to school, first grade, second grade. And as parents, you expect your kid to grow up to be mature, to finish school, to have a good job, to take care of himself and herself very well, and eventually, have his or her own family and raise the kid again. The cycle of life. One generation comes and that generation goes. The next generation needs to rise up to become mature and to become the blessing to society. In the same way in the church, this is a family. We have new believers walking. People who just accept Christ. People who just come to know God, know nothing about the Bible, know nothing about God, just... Believe in God, brand new believer, like a baby, born again. The Bible used the word born again. Your physical body may be grown up, but your spirit is a baby, born again. And God wants those born again babies to grow up, nurtured, trained, taught, corrected, being in the right environment with the spiritual father and mother until that baby grow up to be a strong man, and a strong woman of God that can take care of other people. I don't believe in the philosophy that say, hey, I'm a full-time pastor. I'm a minister. You guy just sit there, pay tithe, and stay baby forever. My job as a pastor is to train you up into the fullness of Christ, to really grow and mature and attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I expect the teenager and young people in this church to do better than me, to be more anointed than me, to be more mature than me. I thank God that they came to know God as the first generation in my family. My dad and my mom were not believers. Sometime when I met the pastor who came from the third generation Christians or fifth generation Christian, sometime I look at them, I say, wow, I would like to have that kind of legacy in my life that my parents, great-grandparents, grandparents were believers, and they can pass to me the legacy, the spiritual legacy. I don't have to learn from the scratch, from ABC, from just foundation. So people in the second generation in our church should already receive a lot of things from us, the first generation, and you can take the pattern. And grow faster. By the time you're 18, you should be more more, more mature than me at 18 years old. Because you grow up in the church. In the same way, when you turn 35 years old, you should do better than me. Because I came from zero background. But you came from very good foundation, good church. You should become mature. That's why I want to challenge all the people in this room, including the kids and the young people. Hey, grow up. Don't stay baby. You need to grow up spiritually. Become more like Christ. When we say we become more like Christ, let me read Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. The Bible says, but speaking the truth in love. One way to help people to grow up is to speak the, the truth. We don't lie. We don't try to mess up with the preaching here. We just speak directly the truth in love. May grow up. In all things, into him, into Christ, who is the head, Christ. You see, again, God wants you to grow up by receiving the truth, the biblical understanding, the revelation from the Bible. And you grow up in all things, not just grow up physically to become older, become more mature physically, but you grow up in all things. You become mature. You become like Christ. Christ is the man on earth who has the highest level of faith. Christ is the man on earth who had the highest level of love and compassion and joy and patience and long-suffering and faithfulness. All the fruit of the Holy Spirit in him. He has fullness of grace, fullness of faith. I like to be like Jesus. I like to have all the fruit of the Holy Spirit in me. Keep growing in love every year. The love of God in my heart will be better than last year, stronger than last year. My self-control will be better than this year, than last year. My faith will get stronger every single year. I'm growing. Even I myself, I have not graduated yet. I have not arrived yet. I'm still growing myself in faith, in love, in patience, compassion, long-suffering, in all the area. Jesus has the anointing without limit or without measure. He has the highest anointing in the world, according to human history in the Bible here. I want to have high anointing like Jesus. I want to have more anointing. I want to grow up, not only in the character of the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but I want to grow up in the area of the anointing, in the ability to serve the Lord. I want to grow up like Jesus, who has such great wisdom. Everywhere Jesus went, people talked to Him. He spoke back with wisdom, with knowledge and understanding. He's character of loving the Father, he said, my food is to do the will of my Father. I want to be like Him. I want to live for the Father. I want to love and have the connection with the Father like Him. I want to be like Jesus in every aspect of my life. Grow up in all things. And if you set that goal, you will keep growing. But if you think that it's enough for me to go to church one hour a Sunday, Read the Bible once a year. Show up only Christmas service and the Easter service. And maybe go to the care group off and on. I'm saved. My name is recorded in the book of life of the Lamb. I'm not going to go to hell. I'm going to go to heaven. It's enough for me. I'm fine. I'm saved. If that is your attitude, you will never grow. You need to press in. You need to run the race. You need to say, I'm going to develop. I'm going to take serious about growing up in the Lord, in the way of God. If I need to change, if I need to repent, I need to adjust my life, I will do it because I want to be like Jesus Christ. If that is your philosophy, the second one, not the first one, the first one is quesala, selah, whatever will be, will be. I don't care what's going to happen. My name is in heaven already, I'm fine, I'm saved. Then you will never go anywhere. But if you say, I'm going to press in to grow up any area of my life that is still wrong, maybe complaining too much, maybe lack of faith, lack of joy, so much depression, you need to say, no, I don't want depression. I want to be joyful like Jesus Christ. God never condemned anybody. But you know where you are and you want to press into the next level. That's why the Bible compares Christian like an eagle. An eagle mount up in the air and fly high even 20,000 foot above the ground. Fly high. God wants us to be high, not to be chicken on the floor. To be baby, you notice chicken. When you throw something in the chicken coop, the chicken ah, run around, look very s- panic, Or the crow. You don't want to be the crow on the low level here that keep picking people and torturing other people, causing trouble. But you want to be eagle. Mm. Fly high in the air. You're so mature. You're so stable. You're so full of faith. You're above the problem in life. You're above all the storm in life, and you look down, oh, piece of cake. I can handle that by the grace of God. Yes. Amen? Yes. God wants you to grow up and rise up. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. This scripture is so powerful. What does it mean? Let me explain to you. In the time of Moses, the glory of God was upon him to the point that his face was shining so strong that the children of Israel could not look at his face. So they have, he has to put a veil on his face. The presence of God, the word, the glory, or the word kabod in the Hebrew language means two things. Number one, it means heavy presence of God. The word kabod is used for heavy gold or silver on the back of the uh, animal. When it carries heavy weight gold, that is kabod. Heavy presence of God. But when God's presence show up, kabod. Glory also means he comes with his perfect attribute and perfect power. So when the Bible used the word the glory, means thick presence of God. Also, it means his character, his attribute show up. His perfect character show up at the same time. When the Bible say from glory to glory, it means that you, we are all babies. We are not reaching the perfect attribute of God yet. But we need to grow from this level of glory to the next level of glory and to the next level of glory. From glory to glory to glory to glory. Year 2017, you should be more glorious, have more character of God than year 2016. From glory to glory. You should grow up more next year than this year. Every year goes by, you grow you develop to become more like God. Amen? You are not God, but you become more like Him. And the Bible says that with unveiled face, means to open up the glory of God, come out from the face of Moses, the presence of God show up, not only on one man, but will come and touch everybody instead of just looking through the mirror. But you come in touch with the presence of God, with the glory of God. And that touch, that fellowship, that time spent together, you become transformed or you are molded to become more like Him. If we talk about human level, you notice one thing. If you hang out with people who like to smoke and drink, you will like to smoke and drink like them. If you hang out with givers, generous Gentle people. You become gentle, generous like them. Because the characteristic of another person or the society you are in will rub on you and you become like that. As a doctor, when I talk to some of my patients, sometimes I even know what church they come from. But just look at their character. Because whatever church they are in, that character of the pastor rub on the members. They look the same. The way they talk, they talk the same way. Because of the, the society, the community have that characteristic rubbing on one another. They look the same way. They talk the same way. They walk the same way. The faith, the same kind of faith. So when you are wrapped around by the presence of God, God's character or attribute will rub on you and make you become more like him. That's why in this church, we love to lay hand. We love to see the presence of God touch people, rub on people, marinate people, fill people up so that you will be changed from glory to glory to glory. That's my philosophy. That's my doctrine. I believe that God's people need to grow up. And one way to grow up, not only receive the truth that speak, that is spoken out of love from the word of God here you need the presence of God. You need to be touched by the fire of God. Ephesians chapter five, verse one. Therefore, be imitator of God as dear children. Who is your hero? Who is your model? I hope not movie star. I hope your hero and model is not a movie star. I pray that your hero and your model that you're gonna follow is Jesus. Imitate Jesus imitate him, read about him, read the full gospel, see who Jesus is, what he did, how he responded to people, how he responded to the poor, to the needy, to the sick. In the revival service this coming Friday, I'm going to teach about how Jesus cast out demons. I'm going to talk about how Jesus handled people who came in with demons. So we can follow his footsteps. How we handle people who came in with demonic attack. We want to follow the footsteps of Jesus, imitator of God. Amen. First Corinthians 11 verse 1. Pattern yourselves after me. Follow my example as I imitate and follow Christ the Messiah. What is going on here? Number one, we need the word of God, the truth that is spoken in love. Number two, we need the touch of God the fire of the Holy Spirit, so that we can be rubbed and marinated by the perfect attribute of God until we become more like Him. More joy, more faith, more love, more patience, become more like Jesus, more generous, more powerful, more anointed, better and better every year. And we should set the goal, I'm going to imitate Jesus Christ. I'm going to imitate God. I want to become like Him. But one of the ways, besides the Word and the Spirit, God knows that we are living in the physical realm. We have the eyes to see, we have the ear to hear, we have sensation. One way that He uses to help us to grow up is to put us in the community where you can see the example of a godly, mature man or a godly, mature woman that you can see with your own eyes how a mature, godly man or a godly woman walked on this earth in this sinful and corrupted world. He sees the example. You see the example. And you can be inspired that, yes, if he can do that, I can do that too. Yes, if he can control his emotion, he has self-control. I can do the same thing. I can have self-control. Oh yes, he prayed for the sick And the sick get healed Yes, I can have the anointing to pray for the sick You see the example of life Wow, that man is so full of joy And no matter what happened, He still calm and have faith and love Amen So you can see the example of life By being in a good church Being around mature people that you can follow, that's why Paul said, follow me, my example, as I follow Christ. We need one another. In fact, your life inspired me in some area. I have some weaknesses in my life too. But your strength inspired me to do the same thing. Amen? When I look at Pastor John and Veronica, their life inspired me that they are willing to go through suffering and to hardship for the gospel. Their life inspired me because they follow Christ and I look at them, I want to follow them that, okay, no matter how hard it is, I am inspired to go through hardship like them. When I look at some of you who are so faithful, you know, I look at Pastor Kenny who has been faithful, leading worship all these years. His following Christ of being faithful really inspired me to be faithful like Him. We inspire one another. We follow each other good example. We need the community. We cannot be a lone Christian or lonely Christian. We need one another to stir one another up, to challenge one another, to really inspire one another to keep moving on higher and higher in our spiritual walk. Galatians chapter 2, verses 20 to 21. I will read two more and I will finish here. Galatians chapter two, twenty to 21. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness come through the law, then Christ died in vain. In order to grow up spiritually, this is the key. The key is to die, to be crucified with Christ. Our biggest enemy is not Satan. It's not the world. Our biggest enemy is our own flesh, our sinful desire. That causes us to be immature. Our complaining spirit, lack of faith, depression, Selfishness, me, 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 me. The flesh makes us immature. Have you ever seen baby and kids? What baby and small kids do? Me, feed me, my way, my toy. They fight. Me, 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 me. Is that right? The young kids, they're immature. Everything is about me. Hold me right now, love me right now, feed me right now. I need that cookie. Me, 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 me. Is that baby? Baby is about me. But when you grow up, it's not about me anymore. It's all about God. It's about what can I do to please God when you become more mature. So one of the key to become more mature is you need to do your homework. God's side of the story about maturity is he provides us the book to read, he provide a preacher to give you the truth in love. He provides a file of God to touch you, to help you. He provides a spiritual father and mother in the church, the mature people around you to inspire you. But now your own job is to die to yourself. I die. Amen? I find this secret. In order to grow up, I need to forget about myself. I need to crucify myself. Pastor Lau is not around anymore. I'm dead. I am dead. Now, my body is just a vessel for Jesus Christ who lives in me. I am just a glove and Jesus is like the hand. And he lives in me. I die to my flesh and let Christ move on the inside of me. I'll walk a life of yielding to Christ's spirit. 24 7. Let him work through my eyes, through my emotion, through my thinking, to my motive, everything he lives in me. And then Paul say, I do not set aside the grace of God. How can we do that? To be able to live in such a way that I'm dead. Everyone say I'm dead. Not a lot of people want to say that. I'm dead. I'm crucified. Christ live in me. Everyone say, Christ live in me. In order to be able to do that, you need the grace of God. You cannot do it by yourself. You need the power and the grace of God to do it. Amen? Christ live in me. I'm dead. The old man is gone. The old pass done. Now Christ live in me. It's not about me, 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 me. Every time you think about you yourself too much, you have to be careful. It means immaturity. Babies. Me. When they're going to do good to me? When they're going to spy at me? When they're going to promote me? Believe me. If you turn around and say, how I can become like Christ? I want to be like Him. I'm going to live for Him. All those things that you need are going to come anyway. Instead of pressuring people or manipulating people to do things for you. You just put your eyes on God and let God do it for you. Amen? Maturity. Last one, last scripture I want to read. Matthew 22, 37 to 39. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. What is the motivation that makes us die to self, want to grow up, want to become like Christ? The flesh will not tell us to do that because the flesh is selfish. Very selfish. Me, 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 me. If you think about yourself, you cannot grow up. The best motivation that you want to grow up is that you love God so much. Sometimes when I heard people complain about God, why God didn't answer my prayer? Oh, why God did not do this for me? When I heard the complaint, sometimes I don't want to argue with them because it's not my business. But I want to say, I say in my heart, have you look back that Jesus hang on the cross and died for you. Is that not enough? Does somebody love you so much and die for you and you still complain about little, little things in your life? Somebody suffered and died to save you from sin and bondage and from hell. Amen. Is that enough for us to love God? Somebody died. Amen. Amen? Amen? Every time I want to get mad at my dad because he did something that I don't like. The Holy Spirit needs to remind me. Don't forget. He picked you up from school. He sent you to the best school. He gave you money to buy cookie. He buy toy for you. He took you to the beach when you were young. He bought the car for you when you were in the medical school. He bought Garland. The car called Garland. I don't know if still have it today. Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi. I have a car to drive in, I was in a medical school. God reminded me to be thankful and to count the blessing that my father had given to me. My dear brother's sister, the reason I'm willing to die to myself and serve him because I count all the grace and the blessing that God has done for me. Starting from Jesus died for me, I look at the flower, the springtime. It's a good time to remind yourself you look at the daffodil, the tulip, the rose, that boom. God created all this so that I can enjoy. Thank God for the rain in Seattle. After I came back from Thailand, it's so hot and humid. Now I love Seattle. I love the rain and the cold weather. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I look at my wife and say, thank God I have a godly woman as my wife. I look at the brother and sister in the church, thank God for this Indonesian brother and sister that choose this church, even though they may have to suffer with my accent sometimes because I'm, I don't speak Indonesian, and American people too, that listen to my sometimes wrong accent or wrong way of pronunciation. You bear with me. I thank God. When you count all these things, the bottom line, the conclusion is, I love him. He is so good to me. He provides me a job. He gives me good patience. He gives me finances. He protects me. Thank God. And when you thank him and you say, I love you, you're so good to me, whatever God, tell me what to do. And he say, could you live a life that glorifies me? How can I live a life to glorify God? It's to become like him is to grow up because the worst thing in the world is that a person who claims himself to be a Christian but act like a baby and make a lot of people hate God, curse God, and stumble and don't want to do anything with God because of being immature and do wrong things in the name of God. I'm not going to do that. Because I love Him. I don't want God to lose reputation or to look bad in society because of me. I want to grow up so that I can represent God on earth. So that I can go out to lay hands on the sick and they get healed. And they know God is still powerful. So that I can go out and help people around the world. I want to be more like Jesus. Because I love Him. With all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength. Count the blessing every day. Think about the good things He has done for you every day. And you say, I'm going to die to my flesh. I'm going to pursue spiritual maturity and become more like God. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. I pray that this is your philosophy. Just like the same way I have medical philosophy, neurosurgeon philosophy. I believe that today, the message really stirs you up to make a decision, I will grow up from now on. I will do everything to get the Word of God in my life, to get the Holy Spirit. I will do everything to be inspired by godly people. I will go to care group. I will join the discipleship group, be around with mature Christian. I'm going to die to my flesh, and I'm going to remind myself and count the blessing, the goodness of God in my life every day. I count it. Starting from Jesus died for me. Jesus suffered for me. I'm gonna love Jesus. I want to glorify God. I want to be mature. I want my God, my puppy. Puppy is German language. My daddy. My otosang. Papa. Papa. Abba. My Abba. What is Indonesian? What is father in Indonesian? Papa too. My Papa in heaven have good reputation. Everyone in the world, look at me. They're going to say, God is good. God is good. My papa is good. Amen. My auto son looks good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We represent him on earth here. Therefore we need to represent him in the right way, not in the baby way, not as an immature Christian. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you so much Lord for teaching us and Inspiring us and talking to us today to have the Christian philosophy of loving the church, being a part of the local church, living a holy life, and to pursue spiritual maturity. Lord, help all of us who listen to this teaching to have the discipline in life, to get into the Word, to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be touched by the fire of God, to fellowship with godly, mature people that we can follow that life example and help us, Lord, to die to self, to crucify our flesh, and to grow up spiritually, to become a mature Christian, to become more like Christ in character, in the anointing, in wisdom, in faith, in relationship with you, and with other people around us, Lord. We thank you so much, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Before we have lunch together, is there anyone in this room who say that, God, I'm not sure that I really have salvation? I'm not sure that my relationship with you is grounded and is right. Maybe all this year you think Christianity is just a religion, but you never have relationship with God. If you say today, I want to make sure that I have relationship with God, is this is not just a religion, but it's relationship with Heavenly Father as a son and father. If you want to do that, why don't you tell God, today I make a decision to walk with you. Amen? Hallelujah. How many people want to do that, have relationship with God, not just a religion? Raise your hand up. You say, I want to have relationship with God. Hallelujah. Pray with me. Father in heaven, Lord, I want to have relationship with you. Jesus died for me. He paid for my sin. Lord, I want to follow you. I believe Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. From today on, I will grow up. I will become a real Christian, real disciple of the kingdom of God. Lord, teach me by your word. Filled me with your Holy Spirit. Oh Lord, I promise you from now on I will die to my flesh and I will walk with the spirit. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Turn to the person next to you and say you will grow up. You will grow up. You will grow up. Amen. Hallelujah.